0: letting God into every area of our lives. Those deep, dark places on the inside of you, the places you don't tell anybody about, those depression thoughts, those fear thoughts, you know. Uh, Sometimes you get these dark thoughts and you're like, man, maybe I should just end it. You never tell anybody about it, but it's there. You know, God already knows about it. And so what He wants you to do is He wants you to come to Him in relationship, Lord to God. You see, this grace, guys, is all about relationship. It's not about struggling. No, it's about it's about relationship uh, with Him. It's about relationship uh, with a person who's living on the inside of you uh, by means of His Holy Spirit. And when you begin to let Him into those deep, dark places on the inside of you, uh, what He's going to do, glory to God, He's going to create that transformation from the inside out, you see. You see, now the only reason that God can do that is because of what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. I want to share now with you five things that the cross accomplished. This is by no means all there is to it, but here are five things that I want to share with you that the Lord has put on my heart that Jesus accomplished through His finished work on the cross. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 1 verse 3 1 John chapter 1 verse 3 five things that Jesus accomplished for us through his finished work on the cross number 1 write these down guys get these meditate on these number 1 the cross makes it possible I love this The cross makes it possible for imperfect, fallen humanity to be in an intimate fellowship with a perfect, righteous, holy God. The cross makes it possible for you and I to come to God in all of our imperfection, in all of our brokenness, in all of our weakness, with all of our issues, guys, <laughs> you know, uh, some of you say, "Well, Alex, I don't have no issues." Well, hold on, I'm just talking about those people who have some issues, okay? Because you got some issues too, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, you 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 know, some of us we like to deceive ourselves and, and then say, "Man, you know, I'm cool," you know, but you know, you got some issues. Now, religion t- told you, well, you got to work to fix those issues, you know. You know, God don't like ugly. Hold on. God, through Jesus, made it possible for you and I to come to him just as we are. Listen to this, guys. My imperfection qualifies me for an intimate relationship with my God. When you catch this, that's when transformation is going to be supercharged in your life. God is not holding your issues against you. No, God is looking at you with compassion today, and He says, come to me. Uh, Bring those issues to me so I can work with you, so I can heal those issues, so I can transform those issues. Guys, He's never going to take from us what we're not willing to give to Him. And so the cross makes it possible for us to come to Him just as we are. You see... Because without the finished work of the cross, guys, here's the radical truth, sinful humanity could not fellowship with God. Why not? Because we would not be able to be in the presence of somebody who is so perfect, guys, so holy, so pure, so beautiful, so righteous as our God. We couldn't be in His presence. It would destroy us, guys. It would destroy us. Holiness destroys sinfulness. Holiness destroys sinfulness. That's why under the law of Moses, there were all these regulations and rules, and people couldn't just come into the presence of God. They had this elaborate system where the priests had to uh, go and offer these sacrifices of animals, which were just a type and shadow pointing to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, glory to God. It wasn't the animals, anything special about the animals. It was just like a placeholder, glory to God, and it was pointing to the finished work of Jesus, you see. but 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 people couldn't just come into his presence because it would destroy them. <laughs> Guys, have you ever been in a really bad mood? You know, you're just kind of in a bad mood and you just, you know, you don't want anybody. Man, praise God, Alex, you know, I'm just grumpy today, man. And, I, and I'm and i going to be grumpy, you know. Uh, I'm not going to let anybody talk me out of my grumpiness today. <laughs> you know, anybody ever been there? And what happens, man, when you're all of a sudden in the presence of somebody and, they, and they're just all positive, they're all bubbly, they're all smiley, you know. It's kind of annoying, isn't it? So what am I saying? It's two opposite sides of the spectrum. They don't mix. Impurity and imperfection, holiness, they don't mix. Holiness is going to destroy that impurity and perfection. Now here's what happened through the cross, glory to God. Jesus taking our place on the cross. What happened was uh, Jesus was made sin with our sin so we could be made the righteousness of God in him. So our sin was destroyed in his body because our sin was handled in his body. He took upon himself our brokenness, our infirmity, our weakness, our sinfulness, our lack, our guilt, our shame. He took all of that upon himself, glory to God, on that cross. And what happened was he took it to the grave, guys. He took it to the grave, you and what happened on, on Resurrection Sunday, what we're remembering today, glory to God, he rose out of that grave, guys, but he didn't bring all of that stuff with him. No, he left all of that in the grave. What, what, what came out on that Resurrection Sunday, guys, was our risen Savior. And, and the Bible says that you and I are risen with him. Romans 6 6 says our old man is crucified with him, and we have a new life in Christ. Well, and, and so I want you to understand that you in Christ were made to be like him, but here's the deal. You say, Alex, I don't experience that yet. That's quite okay. What he wants to do is he wants to begin to narrow that gap between who you already are in him and your day-to-day real-life experience. What's going to narrow that gap, guys, is your relationship with him. It's not going to be your performance. It's going to be your relationship with him. And so the cross makes it possible for imperfect, fallen human beings to be in an intimate fellowship with a perfect, righteous, and holy God. And what happens is, guys, His holiness no longer destroys us. His holiness, man, becomes beautiful. It becomes awesome. Why? Because you and I, in Christ, we have that same nature of holiness on the inside of us now in our born-again spirit. You see? That's awesome. I want to show you the scripture here real fast, and we'll move on before we're out of time. First John chapter 1, verse 3. Notice what he says. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Watch this now. This is the Apostle John writing here to these uh, new believers. He says that you also may have fellowship with us, with, with other believers. And he says, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Guys, it's all about the fellowship. It's all about the relationship with Him. And so, you come to Him just as you are. You're going to experience His love. That's how you're going to be transformed. So, first thing the cross has accomplished, we can now be in an intimate fellowship with God. Second thing the cross accomplished for us, you can head over to 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is a familiar scripture. Second thing the cross did, guys, is... The cross is the great exchange, write this down. The cross is the great exchange. There's a great exchange that took place. And what the cross did was it unites the horizontal, because guys, remember the cross, it joins the, the, the horizontal with the vertical, right? You got the horizontal, you got the vertical, it's united in the cross. And so the cross unites the horizontal, the earthly, the imperfect, the impure, with the vertical, the heavenly, the perfect, the righteous, the holy. It joins the two together. And through that union, Jesus takes our sin and we receive His righteousness. On the cross, guys, He received us to Himself. And man... So great was his love that he bore immeasurable suffering for us guys. That's how valuable we were to him. He received us to himself. He joins the horizontal with the vertical, the great exchange. And notice what he says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. He says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So what happened through the great exchange is Jesus took our sin, we received his righteousness, and so as a result of that, guys, you can now walk boldly in your identity in Christ. You are not righteous because of anything you could ever do in your own self. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as a result of what Jesus did for you on that cross. He made you righteous. Amen. He made you righteous. The great exchange. Everybody say out loud, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's powerful. You see, religion and performance is going to is going to keep you conscious about the areas where you're missing it. But when you, when you turn your attention away from yourself and you look to Jesus, what happens is His righteousness becomes your righteousness. His holiness is imparted to you. Your identity is found in Him, child of God. So the second thing happened at the cross, the great exchange. The cross unites the horizontal, the earthly, the imperfect, the impure, with the vertical, the heavenly, the perfect. And it's in that unity, Jesus took our sin. We receive His righteousness. The third thing, the cross accomplished. Number three. And you can you can head over to uh, Saint John chapter one verse twelve. I'm going to be reading this out of the Amplified Bible. Oh, how awesome is He, Lord? Is He, guys? Lord, You're so awesome. <laughs> Just praise Him for a moment, guys. Just praise Him for a moment. This is the third thing Jesus accomplished on the cross for us, guys. Through the cross, Jesus has purchased our legal authority to operate in the blessing of God. The enemy does not want you to know this. Jesus purchased your legal authority, the Greek word is exousia, to operate in the in the blessing of God. You see, some people have an issue. They they say, well, I don't know, Alex, if God wants me to prosper. I don't know if God wants me to be healed. I know, I don't know if God wants me uh, uh, to have a, a successful life. Glory to God. I want you to understand, Jesus died for you to have a successful life. Jesus died for you to be healed. Jesus died for you to walk in His provisions, you see? And so, what He did was, He has purchased your legal authority, exousia, to operate operate in the blessing of God. In other words, everything God does, He has to do it righteously. He has to do it justly. There has to be legal grounds for what He does. You see, it wouldn't be right for God to bless somebody who who's, um, you know, you say, who doesn't deserve it. Well, that's right. That's not, that's incorrect. Well, so the way that God does it is He does it through Jesus. You see, He blesses you through Jesus. We, well, and I, we don't deserve it in our own self. You and I, we don't have any kind of authority in our own self, but you see, because we're in Christ, glory to God, because we're in the perfect one, in the holy one, in the righteous one, it is His uh, his is us being identified with him, and as a result of us being in Christ, we have the legal authority through Jesus to operate in the blessing of God. You see, you see, God wants you to have some good success, child. Here's a radical truth: God wants to do you good and make you happy. <laughs> this, you know, religious people are going to freak out, but man, God wants to do you good and make you happy. Now, I'm not saying you're not you're going to live a challenge-free life. Jesus said, in this world, we will have tribulation. But I want you to understand, he also said, take take, jar, take joy, or be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So no matter what the tribulation, Jesus purchased our victory. Jesus purchased our legal authority to operate in the blessing as the children of God. Notice what he says, saying John chapter 1, verse 12, Amplified says, But to as many as did receive and welcome him, speaking of Jesus... He gave the authority, the, and he, he, this word is exousia, defined as power, privilege, and right to become the children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on His name. And so, you have the legal authority to be a child of God. and And you know what that means, guys? As a child of God, you have access to everything that's in the Father's house, man. My kids they have access to anything that's in the fridge, okay? <laughs> you see, our kids, they live with us, and so as a result, man, uh, whatever we have, we share it with them. In other words, they don't have to earn, you know, dinner today. Well, kids, you know, uh, I need you to go ahead and do the lawn, and if you do the lawn correctly, and if I'm really pleased with you, then maybe I'm going to give you some dinner today. Well, guys, you know, that's not going to go over so well. That's going to be, you know, that's not quite how you want to do that, you see? And so you want to understand that you and I, as children of God, glory to God, we have access to everything that's in the Father's kingdom. Glory to God. You have access to the provisions of heaven. You have access to the healing power uh, that is in Jesus. You have access to everything that His precious blood has already made available to Him, because you are His child. You see? That happened through the cross, guys. It happened through the cross. Two more. Number four, the fourth thing that the cross did was the cross reconciles God's perfect love with God's perfect justice. Now, I wish I had some more time on this, but let me just cover this real quickly here. You know, the, that that the cross, guys, is the only thing in the world that can reconcile perfect love with perfect justice. There's some people out there, they don't understand that. They say, well, God loves everybody, and so as a, as, because of that, you don't have to get saved. Well, hold on. It's true, God loves everybody, but God is also perfectly just. And so, God being just is going to require God to deal with the, with the sins in the world. Right, guys, just look at the world. The world is pretty nuts. It's a little gray-gray, okay? And so, there's, some, there's horrible stuff happening in the world. People are doing some horrible stuff. You and I, guys, we used to do some stuff that wasn't so good, you see? And so, God has to justly deal with that, but how does God reconcile that with His love for us? How does God reconcile His perfect love with His perfect justice? Because the Bible says, God is love. God doesn't have love. God is love. And so the way He does it is through the cross. How? Jesus, again, the great exchange, the great unity. Jesus took our penalty for our sins. Justice was taken care of at the cross, at Calvary as a result of justice being taken care of glory to god god can now freely and 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 justly and righteously pour out his love for you and me guys that's awesome look at romans chapter 3 verses 25 and uh 26 in the nlt i'm going to read these real quick here and he says here in verse 25 for god presented jesus as the sacrifice for sin Notice this now. This is what I want you to see. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. This is how you're made right with God. In other words, it's not your performance. You just believe what Jesus did on the cross. And he says, this sacrifice shows, here's what I want you to notice, that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Verse 26, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. Watch this now. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. That's his just nature. For he himself is fair and just. And He makes sinners right in His sight when they believe in Jesus. How does a perfect God justify imperfect humanity? How does a perfect God reconcile His perfect love with His perfect justice? It is through the cross, guys. That's the only way, you see. And that God is just, guys, is, you know, if if there's any doubt in your mind about that, I want you to really see the reason that human beings, guys, that we have this innate sense of justice, a lot of people out there you know they're all up in arms because of a you know their cause they see injustice and they're doing something about that um you know I'm, you know and and there's you know right ways and wrong ways i think to do that without getting into that right now <laughs> but um that the reason that all of us guys get enraged when we see injustice is because we have an innate sense of justice well guys where do you think that came from it came from your creator from your heavenly father And guys, His justice is perfect. And as we've already seen, all of us fall short of that standard of perfection. So God had to deal with the sins of the world. And the good news, guys, is God has dealt with the sins of the world 2,000 years ago. The Bible said Jesus was the propitiation for our sins and for the sins of the entire world. And now all that's required is that we receive it. Fifth uh, thing the cross accomplishes, and uh, we're pretty much out of time, is this, number 5, and you can head to Colossians 2, 16, and 17. I'm going to be reading that out of the NIV, the New International Version, but this is so awesome, guys. This is so awesome. Notice this now. The cross elevates us out of the realm of types and shadows into the spiritual reality of Christ. What I want you to carry away with today, whoever you are, is I want you to see the reality of Christ. The reality of Christ. The law of Moses, the Old Covenant, is types and shadows. What does that mean? It means that everything in the Old Testament and a shadow that has its anti-type and its fulfillment in Christ. I gave you the example earlier, the animal sacrificial system in the Old Covenant was a type and a shadow pointing to the blood of Jesus. The Sabbath day in the Old Covenant was a type and shadow, it was an actual day, but the real Sabbath is Jesus, resting in the finished works of Jesus. And so, glory to God, the the cross delivers us out of the realm of types and shadows. In other words, when you are operating in performance-based religion, you're really operating operating in the realm Types and shadows, but glory to God, what the cross did, it made it possible uh, for you and I to be united to God uh, through Jesus, and, and as a result of, of, of Jesus shedding his blood on that cross, guys, uh, God can rightly and justly impart his nature on the inside of us, and so he elevated us out of that realm of type and shadows, guys, and he lifted us into the spiritual reality of Christ, because we've got Christ on the inside of us. you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you see, and so you are no longer operating in performance inside Effort? No, you got the righteous one, the holy one, the perfect one who is working on the inside of you. Now we said earlier, grace is not an excuse to sin. Grace is not going to make you sin more. No, you're going to live right under grace, but it's not going to be because you got to try to obey these rules to be right with God. I want you to know, guys, He's going to change your desires. Remember, grace is spiritual. It's the spiritual life. Him being on the inside of you, he's going to take away those old desires. He's going to give you some new desires. But you've got to understand, you are no longer operating in types and shadows. You're no longer operating under religious requirements or self-effort. You see, you've been set free from that. Look what he says, Colossians chapter two, verse sixteen and seventeen. the NIV. He says, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. And so, verse 17, he says, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality is found in Christ. Now, how does it apply to you and me? This is what I want you to understand. How does Jesus, 2,000 years ago, dying on that cross, apply to you and me? Well, The moment you believe it, what happens is, remember, it's the Holy Spirit that comes in. He joins you to Christ. He takes up residence on the inside of you. And what the Holy Spirit does is He takes the objective work of the cross from 2,000 years ago, and He applies it in the heart of every born-again believer. In other words, it happens when you get born again, but now the Bible says, guys, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so you got to walk in Him. And so as you continue to look to Him, as you continue to look to the cross, Holy Spirit is going to continue working in you, and He's going to continue crucifying the old in you. You see, religion told you that you have to crucify your, your old nature. Well, hold on, Jesus took care of that. But you see that the issue, however, is this. For us, it's still a work in progress. You know, We're all still a work in progress. And so what he wants to do now, guys, is he wants to continue the work he started when you got born again. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubid. You have been listening to Grace To Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's grace now, to learn more and to access the full length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision Partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now, I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.